It's the moment you've all been waiting for. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's the Forum at 8. And of course, uh, we're coming to you live from the Nazarek Expo Center south of Johannesburg, where the African National Congress is holding its fifth national policy conference. And uh, this, of course, with an eye on the elective Congress in December. And uh, quite a bit already uh, happened. Uh, Quite a bit has been said. A diagnostic organizational report uh, delivered by Gwede Mantashe, as we understand stand there was some resistance but apparently this document um, had been approved by the NEC and ultimately it did see the light of day. Uh, there have been talk about um, what's going to happen uh, regarding uh, the uh, proxy um, arguments that would uh, perhaps take place given that uh, the African National Congress is going to an elective uh, Congress later on this year. Um, Have you gotten a sense of any of that uh, playing out? And also just looking at that uh, diagnostic report and what it says makes for very interesting reading, but um, nothing particularly new jumps out at one. Um, All of this had been said before. I was looking at a document from 2000 2001, and it seems as though it's pretty much a cut and paste job all the way through. Um, some would say that's being unkind, but of course, uh, let's see if we can find anything particularly new and move away from the rhetoric, as it were, because there's quite a bit of rhetoric uh, that's being spewed, but uh, that, of course, not helpful at all. And joining us, uh, Superior Logic is what you guys were saying. It's been loading. Uh, we are here now. Uh, Professor Somatata Figeni, Obri Machitli, thanks so much for coming through this morning. Thank Good you, morning, Sakina, thank you. and thank you to your team and the listeners. So let's start at the beginning on Friday, um, starting with President Jacob Zuma and his speech. Um, I'd love to know, you know, what the motions uh, were, what were you going through as the President was delivering that speech, and whether there was anything in particular that jumped out uh, from that at you, Professor Figeni? Just like you, going back to the many speeches that the president has delivered, whether it's in parliament or January 8th and so forth, incrementally they look more or less the same, with few areas of emphasis. But the one most telling point was when he sort of took his eyes off the script to lambast the veterans. And that in itself, I do think that uh, it stood out to indicate that the current leadership was not in any event ready for that reflective consultative conference to say what has gone wrong. But it went in as victims, it went in besieged, it went in to defend itself. And that in itself tells us that psychologically the psyche of the ANC and its factions is not yet ready to accept and critically introspect what is wrong with the party. And that could be quite dangerous because the inward looking and the preservation of unity at all costs at times, even thwarting principles, might be what will catch them later when the public has to respond. Couldn't help but wonder, Aubrey, so what would be the objective um, of the president firing that broadside against the stalwarts? Because um, he must have been aware that that was an open session. Uh, If this was something that he wanted to address um, at organizational level, surely he could have waited for one of the plenaries and raised it there. But uh, this was obviously a message that he wanted to get out. Um, uh, Speaking of perhaps somewhat Orwellian tendencies there by the stalwarts, uh, feeling that perhaps they are more equal than others within the African National Congress. Well, Sakina, if you don't mind, uh, let me state what jumped at me uh, or what has jumped at me since Friday in in very broad terms. I, I think what the ANC, even at this conference, does not seem to appreciate about its historical mission is the fact that the day it loses power, because that day will come, what must remain is its vision. In, in other words, um, if it is on the right side of history, and if indeed it is the leader of society, even when it has lost power, its values must uh, 
outlive the ANC as an organization, but remain hegemonic to be taken over by others beyond the life of the ANC as a ruling party. For me, that's another way of articulating its historical mission. And I I think this understanding of historical mission is absent here. And and therefore, Samadota is correct when he talks about how inward-looking they are. Because what, what they are missing also is the fact that if indeed we are the leader of society, given where the ANC comes from, uh, they must impose on society, and I'm not using the word impose negatively in an authoritarian way, they must impose on society a vision that will be embraced by society of change that will outlive the ANC itself. And, and I'm not seeing signs of that here. But more importantly, uh, at this conference, the ANC is supposed to make an attempt at growing a fourth leg. Let me tell you what I mean by that. At the moment, the ANC is a three-legged elephant. And if you look at the discussions that are happening, if you listen to what people are saying inside and outside the ANC, including the stalwarts, about how it should change, they are saying this is a three-legged elephant that is being asked to run like a four-legged cheetah. So the task of the ANC at this conference is to grow this fourth leg so that it can run like a four-legged cheetah. But if you listen to what has happened so far, focusing again inwardly and narrowly and listening to the presentation of uh, uh, Minister Figilem Balula yesterday, um, I, I don't think the ANC fully appreciates the fact that what it needs to manage going forward is the fact that its current state militates against optimal performance and delivery on, on, on the policy platform they will adopt here. So they must manage that together with the fact that they only have two years in which to reconnect with their constituencies, constituencies that have been voting for it since 1994, but are beginning to abandon it. And at the same time, deliver in the context of the state on the policy platform that they will adopt here. And these things must happen at the same time. And I don't think there's a full appreciation of that at this conference yet. Well, the organization is struggling with unity. You know, they talk about a blurring of uh, a common purpose for the cadre and the movement. If you look at um, what that diagnostic report says about uh, the ideological content, it goes on to say the ideological content of the program of the movement must be strengthened. The starting point is to be committed to the well-documented policies and programs of the movement. Okay, so this is where my mind goes into all sorts of directions because I'm trying to make sense of that. But, of course, uh, Prof. Geni, you were saying earlier that um, the ANC has become very inward-looking and perhaps missing the bigger picture outside of it that the democratic alliance, for example, um, is moving ideologically perhaps more towards the center, um, which the ANC would traditionally have occupied. Does that then move the ANC further to the left? And if so, how far to the left uh, would the ANC need to move in order to basically maintain um, its current role and maybe gain more um, than they did in the last election? If you look at ANC at different moments, uh, you do have a policy cycle where they become rhetorically left closer to the elections and closer to the policy conferences. But thereafter, that dies down into a pragmatic approach. That has been the case. To say you must have the revolutionary rhetoric, but the pragmatism that comes out, that's the first thing. In this particular case, I do think that uh, I doubt ANC is moving to the left. It may shift towards the left because that space is being occupied by so many other role players, the new ones especially, who are breaking away from their alliance partnership. And in future, my prediction is that it's not even the DA in the center because DA is undergoing its own internal challenges. Mm it might actually be the forces breaking away from the ANC 
that will consolidate because the current moment in South African history, socio-economic transformation is key, not just efficiency of service delivery. And that can only be found in those forces to the left. You may even see the temptation from the SACP if ANC become too weak or the factions are ossified saying we are going to contest elections and come back to bargain with the seats we have. You may see the same outfit of the new uh, federation and the new party uh, that uh, Vavin, Numsa and others are actually involved in. You may see the EFF consolidating in that particular space. But it's for some time now that ANC has lost the ideological, the policy and the political leadership of the society. They have admitted that much to say we are no longer providing the leadership in the society. It's been on the back foot. The reason? Divisions and factionalism. Corruption. And the most important thing that we are not talking about here, which is not just an elephant in the room, I would say it's a Serengeti head of elephants, the consistent failure of ANC to implement its policy programs. Begin to raise the question of what's the point, the capacity of the state, which is further corroded by all these allegations of corruption, the state-owned companies and so forth. If I were ANC, I would use the two days of a consultative conference to say, what has been the cause of us failing to implement the policies or even to sustain policies? Because policies in South Africa, the other day I was analyzing, hardly ever last four years. They fade away. No funeral is announced, but they simply disappear and a new lingo comes up and you don't know what happened to the previous one. And that is very expensive for any society. And you can't have expertise because when people are warming up, they've been workshopped, they've been conditioned for this policy, it goes. Mm. Aubrey, maybe you can remind us, what was the phrase there at Mangaung, the second phase of the transition? Transition to the second phase of of the transition to the National Democratic Society. Precisely. What does that mean? And where are we? Let me segue um, into what uh, Somato just said about ANC policies um, dying quietly and and there's no funeral. And as you you know, um, according to certain myths, um, elephants die, but you'll never find the burial ground of an elephant. Mm-hmm. Um, the, another way of characterizing um, what is going on in the ANC, particularly its failure to implement its policies, particularly the fact that it is very good when it comes to diagnosing what's wrong with it, but not as good when it comes to uh, drinking the medicine. The, we must remember that the challenge facing the ANC at the moment is to bridge the gap between the word and what the word describes. So what has happened is that the ANC comes to these conferences and uses words in certain ways, um, but then pretends that those words are what they describe. But we know that in reality, actually, words and what they describe are seldom the same thing. And the challenge facing this policy conference is that going forward, the ANC and its government must bridge the gap between words and what they describe. So that's the first thing. Now, at the ANC's Gauteng Provincial General Council, the mantra was, we have good policies. The problem is that we don't implement them. This is what the ANC in Gauteng says. And I wonder then that if you don't implement your policies, how do you know they are good? Mm-hmm. So th- that's the first thing. I, th- I think that's one of the questions the ANC must answer. And, and too many of us have bought into this idea that the ANC has good policies. The problem is that it doesn't implement them. 
how do we know if it does not implement them? So at face value, if we accept this argument, how do we know that these policies are good? But when it comes to the issue of ideology, the, the, the challenge of ideological clarity is a challenge that is facing not only the ANC. It's a challenge that is facing our political class in its entirety. In fact, I would venture to say that the, the, the challenge of ideological clarity is a challenge that is facing society in its entirety. Because the crisis we have at the moment uh, with a deepening economic crisis is such that we as a country have become susceptible to the adoption of policy measures, particularly economic measures, that we otherwise would not adopt. And the political class has therefore become susceptible to the adoption of populist measures it otherwise would not adopt. So the challenge, if we, we must be very narrow then, that is facing the ANC, is that when it talks to its constituencies, the poor, the working class, it must sound like the EFF. When it talks to the markets, business, investors, and ratings agencies, it must sound like the DA. That's the challenge. Well, and of course, um, just looking at uh, the organizational uh, diagnostic report, again, um, looking also at uh, some of uh, the proposals that we've heard over the weekend, a cap of 65% of the National Executive Committee uh, should be deployed to Cabinet, establishing a new Electoral Council to screen nominees for the leadership, compelling nominees uh, for top leadership to declare campaign funding, etc., etc. Again, the African National Congress uh, seemingly here concerned with uh, tinkering with the structure, whereas the problem is beyond the structure of the organization. It doesn't matter whether they send 65 or 100 percent of the NEC to cabinet. There's a culture in the African National Congress that is bedeviling the party at the moment, Prophet. I think the ANC has been sparring and shadowboxing around the essence, which is the soul of the organization, which has been ripped away by some temptations of incumbency. That is why most of the policies are pronounced as a public relations exercise rather than out of conviction. If it was out of conviction, you would begin to see the consistency and the intensity in implementing them. And the second part we have begun to maximize the minimum and minimize the maximum. Tenders were supposed to be a byproduct of the core thing, what you want to do. You want to feed kids in school. You want to reform land and so forth. But now, tenders have become the primary objective and the byproduct may just be the feeding of the kids. Because of what has been this creeping cancer of corruption, which I have said before, that we have triple challenges may just be a misnomer because with a divided factionalized organization and with corruption levels, they make inequality worse, they make fighting poverty impossible, they make employment impossible because you misdeploy the undeployable. And that in itself, I think, is the major challenge that the ANC should go into its soul. One was hoping that the consultative conference, distant from the policy conference, would give them the space to do those reflections. Of course, the ANC leadership often take the numbing pill of saying we've been through challenges before, Morogoro, Kabwe, and so forth. But one, they do not want to take the conviction of Kabwe to say let's save this organization at all cost. They go in, some of them, to say let's save this faction at all cost. And secondly, what they don't realize is that this deepening, spiraling a contradiction and crisis is happening when they are in government. All these other incidents, they were not in government. And now they are in government. 
and the obsession with unity you note that unity 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 at all cost and what has been underemphasized is what tambo always emphasized unity undergirded by principles and values mm. you can't say because my comrade has been involved in corruption let's rally around the comrade rather than rally around the principle in preserving unity that to me i think is the biggest challenge of the organization and of course the organization admits to this a decline in organizational discipline divisions and factions a decline in uh, its ideological outlook uh, the failure to be solution oriented and of course a lack of trust amongst comrades now and and, and this is the big one and and I know in as much as people would like us to focus purely on what's happening here um, over these past uh, few days and uh, going up until Wednesday, you can't forget what's to come in December. And is it possible that if the ANC gets the slate wrong in December, Aubrey, that all of this that's happening here at NASREC right now will not matter? Well, <laughs> you're right. Um, because there is a scenario in which a particular candidate is elected president of the ANC, but that particular candidate does not become head of state in 2019. That is, that is quite possible. And, and, and the reason why the ANC must realize that this is a, a, a possibility um, goes back to what we've been saying about uh, the, the problem with the culture of the organization. So when the ANC talks about um, an additional deputy president of a party and an additional deputy secretary general, we, we must accept that organizational change at a structural level is necessary. But the ANC must also accept that what is destroying it is a cancer, a cancer that has infected its, its culture. Um, a cancer that is destroying its revolutionary morality. You can spend as much time um, painting the wards of the hospital in which the operation is going to take place, um, painting the theater, buying the best tools. But if we are not honest about the nature of the cancer and how the cancer uh, should be dealt with. No amount of organizational change at a structural level will deliver the kind of change the ANC requires. But more importantly, the ANC must accept that it is where it is today, amongst other reasons, because it has rewarded failure. It has rewarded factional behavior. It has rewarded corruption. It has rewarded all tendencies um, that are antithetical to what the ANC stood for, particularly during uh, the liberation struggle. And therefore, one of the uh, solutions here is consequence management. And by that I mean, in December, the ANC must not reward failure. It must not reward corruption. It must not reward factionalism. In other words, those... Um, individuals and groups of individuals who are responsible for the current state of the ANC must not be rewarded um, in December. But when it comes to the battle between the stalwarts and the current leadership of the ANC, both have a task. Um, I am beginning to lose faith in the possibility that these two groups are equal to this task. Because to a large extent, the stalwarts represent the ANC of the past. And the, the, the current leadership represent decline. And the challenge they both, fa both face is that they, they, they must come up with a vision that transcends what both stand for. And I think that's not going to happen. Well, Zizi Kotwa has been listening uh, to uh, this very cogent analysis here by Somatota Fikeni and Obri Machikli. We're going to go to a news break, traffic update, and then we'll ask Zizi uh, what uh, he has to say to um, yeah, some very hard-hitting facts about where the African National Congress finds itself currently. The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. 
And we're coming to you live from the 5th National Policy Conference of the African National Congress here at Nazarek, south of Johannesburg. And in conversation this morning with uh, Professor Somato Tafikeni, Obrima Chitri, and of course joining us now, uh, National Spokesperson of the African National Congress, Zizi Kotwa, um, whom uh, we had him sit there and listen to what the analysts were saying. So uh, quite a bit for you to bite into there, Zizi. Good morning and thanks for speaking No, you to actually us. hijacked me because I was walking past <laughs> to another room and... Uh, it's precisely why we are here, so we can hijack you. No, thanks very much. I think it also is helpful as members and the leaders of the ANC to listen what people are saying. Because sometimes to talk to people, not to talk at them, it does create a bit of a problem. I think the comment made by Honorable Kess are quite interesting comments from a point of view of the ANC. The ANC is not a property of members of the ANC. It's not a property of leaders of the ANC. It's a property of people of South Africa. That's why there must be, whether on one hand, a structural convocation with the ANC first members. Because you need an entity which is strong with the African National Congress, even before you talk about progressive policies. It is those policies that have changed South Africa to be what it is today since 1994. But policies are not just sacrosanct. They must be a living document which must respond to existing material conditions. What was relevant when we met in 2012 in Mangaung may not be that relevant now. We've got ever stubborn increasing unemployment among youth in particular. What policies do we have to respond direct to that issue? We meet at a time where we're in a technical recession. Our economy has not been growing. What do we do? And a number of sectors of the economy have begun to shed jobs in the mining and minerals. So you need first and foremost an entity, very strong, disciplined, organized, that among us it has got leaders that are prepared to serve the people. The issue we raise, for example, in the organizational uh, design renewal, is that the problem we have in the ANC at the moment, which is quite a a new uh, tendency, that ethical behavior, which is expected from all of us, is replaced by status. That is in terms of the leadership of the African National Congress. So we become um, so much about who we are as an ANC, and we forget that we gather here at Nazarek, not because of who are brilliant, who are the best in society. We gather here to address the aspirations of the people as contained in the Freedom Charter. So we are here on behalf of millions of South Africans. That's why everywhere there's a convocation about what, what the ANC, the direction the ANC is taking. People have got to be worried. When the allegations that are made, for example, seriously, that a democratical elected state and its leadership is somewhere influenced by unelected people outside of the state for their own private interest. People of South Africa have got to be worried. The ANC must act on that. And that's why we're here, to say, in the first past, past three days, we've been quite um, very successful discussing the, the health of the African National Congress. Today, we're, we're discussing sectoral policies. We're discussing education, health, uh, and many other issues. I think the past three days have been quite very helpful for the African National Congress. But, of course, uh, the, co- the cognitive dissonance inherent in that, you know, cannot be missed because you speak almost as though you're having an out-of-body experience. Uh, when the African National Congress talks about about ethical behavior by its comrades, all of us know the eye of the needle. And how many of your comrades can actually walk through, fit through the eye of that needle? And it would seem, as Aubrey was saying earlier, you actually, as the African National Congress, um, you reward failure. You reward um, uh, uh, political thuggery, as it were. Uh, People get expelled, say, from the Gauteng African National Congress, and then what happens? They go to Mangaung and uh, they are elevated to the NEC. What sort of message does that send out to the electorate? Precisely the reason why the ANC has gathered here in Nazarek. If you saw the, how frank and honest the diagnostic report it comes from us. It's not but some, it's not new. You are always frank and honest. Absolutely. That is the ability of the ANC to publicly acknowledge your own mistakes and own up to your mistakes. There's a time where we must learn as an organization because we deal with human beings. Human beings may come to the African National Congress. Not so much me and you are guided by, the, among other things, their vision to take South Africa forward. And therefore, you understand the policies, the revolutionary values of the African National Congress. You may not share. You might have some um, individual self-narrow interest. The reason you come to the ANC, you want to be the leader of the ANC at all costs. And yet, leadership of the ANC is not something that you can go around and fight about it because it is what people appreciate out of you. So we do appreciate time to time 
that there may be one or two individuals, but in general, members of the ANC, including leaders of the ANC, they appreciate that we are here on behalf of, of, of the people. I put it to you that there's more than one or two. But also, um, if you just uh, take the African National Congress and uh, the question about capture, um, people ask, is the newsroom captured, is the state captured, all sorts of capture. Do you think some of those narrow interests may have captured the soul of the African National Congress? It's difficult to capture the African National Congress. When we talk about the ANC, you're talking about the people of South Africa. You can't capture the entire country called South Africa. Even if there is one, an allegation of one person as contained in some of these emails and some of the conversations that people have had, that is too much for the African National Congress. It damages the brand African National Congress. But also, it undermines the people's confidence and it does not inspire hope to the leadership of the ANC, even if it's one person. So you won't say the entire organization, because it can't be captured. The ANC is incorruptible as an organization. But individuals whom serious allegations are made against, it does impact negatively on the African National Congress. Hence, you can't be quiet on those issues when I'm, I'm made. Has the African National Congress followed up on Museben Zizwane, uh, who came out very strongly in those leaks, as someone who um, not only you know, had his choir and their trip paid for to India, uh, but also many other very serious allegations, uh, including the fact that he had his parliamentary questions actually written by a certain family. What has the African National Congress done about that? Let me tell you what, sometimes, there are many things that we do as an ANC through the Secretary General, which sometimes we don't call press conference about. For an example, if there are allegations that there are certain ministers who had later complained with the public protector about whatever, that uh, banks must be investigated, you call all about seven ministers out of nine. Seven of them, they say, no, uh, I've never attached any name. I don't know, I'm not a segment to anything. The Secretary General does that every time. There are a number of senior comrades, including ministers, who have confirmed some of the emails. That, of course, I was in the meeting. I did fly. So, so that minus is... But I'm asking you a specific... This, the Secretary General ha- has been enabled in conversation with comrades like Comrade uh, Zwani. But, of course, if Comrade has got other avenues within which he wants to clear his name, that you'll, uh, you, you, you'll accept and, and, and I think you'll respect that. But as an organization, we are talking to comrades who are, their names are, are mentioned in some of these serious allegations. Perceptions are all powerful in politics, Aubrey. Has the ANC covered itself in glory in uh, addressing and attending to some of these issues? Uh, let me segue again into what, what uh, Zizi has just said. When he says that the ANC is incorruptible, it, it depends on what you mean when you talk about the ANC. If, if, if what you are saying is that the ANC is an objective reality that is independent from the subjective weaknesses and strengths of its members, if you are talking about the ANC in that way, this objective reality called the ANC, which is therefore an idea much bigger than its members, should be incorruptible. And that's what I meant at the beginning when I said that in the end, the historical mission of the ANC is to make sure that what it stood for during the liberation struggle, its vision outlives it when it has lost power and continues being hegemonic beyond its own life. If, if that's what Zizi is talking about, then the challenge facing the ANC is to bridge the gap that has developed between this objective reality, the ANC that is independent from the subjective weaknesses of its members, bridge that gap between that and the subjective weaknesses of its members. Therefore, that's the challenge. Well, I do think that uh, <coughs> ANC might as well join the think tanks and policy research institutes which diagnose correctly, but they know that they are not meant to implement. But even in that particular diagnosis, there are challenges. The first one, which people don't want to talk about, they have allowed its leader to be bigger than the party. They simply can do nothing except to go after him and try to manage the PR disaster from time to time. And also the leadership has boxed itself into a corner of trying to justify its existence even where the weaknesses and mistakes are. 
So collectively, they see anything coming in as an attack. So whenever they hear something, they listen to respond. They don't listen to understand. That, to me, is fundamental. Once upon a time, there was an eye of the needle through which the leaders had to go through. But right now, I think the leadership is needling the eye. That is exactly what is happening at this moment. Ooh, painful. And it was quite telling when you came to register. Most fascinating. Each booth, instead of saying booth one, booth two, booth three, it said capture one, capture two, capture three, capture four, capture five, where you register. <laughs> so to me, symbolically, it was most fascinating. So when you go to the next area where you get your printout, you say, I've already been captured. In, 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 <laughs> that's the most fascinating symbolic, <laughs> you know, display here. I think what we've seen, ANC has been reduced to two words, unity and discipline. Forget about all other things. They come number 17 and so forth. Whenever there is a crisis, they come together, they defend unity, sometimes without any value or principle or policy. Then they, de in the psychology of the leadership, they are defending the organization. Take Faith Mutambi. He goes and implements, uh, you know, on the issue of the digital migration, something that ANC obviously said it's against us. They were screaming, they were doing everything helplessly, hoping for divine intervention. ANC for all these years has had up to 70% majority, but it's been operating on a 5% courage and conviction. That's Can I the keep problem. It? You may, and then second. I'll get Zizi to respond while the callers get uh, through 0891 Aubrey? Well, as you know, Sakina, uh, when I write and speak about state capture, um, I tend to talk about something much bigger than the Guptas. But when I say that the ANC in December must not reward failure, factionalism and other tendencies, we must extend this idea uh, to state capture. It is my view, Sakina, that... Actually, state capture was facilitated by some in the ANC before 1994. So it's not something new. And the Gupterization of the state uh, as an aspect of something broader, uh, that is uh, state capture. Factionalism um, that are like petrol to this car called state capture and other tendencies to the extent that they have compromised uh, not only the national interest, but to some extent have compromised national security. To that extent, we may have to conceive of what is happening in the ANC as treasonous. In other words, those who are guilty of uh, having availed the ANC, of having availed the state, of having availed themselves to capture, sometimes by interests that are hostile to the National Democratic Revolution, in my view, are guilty of treason. Zizi? We, we, the reason, among others, we have gathered here in a manner we do is that uh, we have appreciated that the African National Congress, which is a people's organization, is faced with serious challenges, one of which is factionalism, one of which is patronage. Um, and our ascendancy to power has brought in these, what Tambo said even before uh, 1994, that the most difficult struggle when you, when, when you now ascend to power, the most difficult struggle is the struggle against your own weaknesses. And then I guess as human beings, that is the most difficult struggle we face as human beings. And the ANC at times, when we gather like we do here, when we ask those difficult questions about our weaknesses, there's always a temptation to defend. Uh, it's human nature because you don't appreciate your own weaknesses. It's only when you listen as African National Congress, you listen to, vo to voices such as two, uh, your two guests, 
you appreciate that uh, the African National Congress, it is not the organization of its members, but we must do everything for the sake of people of South Africa. We are quite comfortable that we shall emerge out of the six days. The ANC shall emerge strong like a rose that grew from the concrete. We think that whatever challenges, notwithstanding those challenges, will make sure that the ANC at the end is united because for us to leapfrog in terms of policies, you need a very strong African National Congress. And I think I agree that any board who is implicated in terms of serious allocation, there must be consequence management because the view that is being held could be the perception, but it does damage the ANC that we reward failure, we reward um, people who have done made serious allegations, we reward what you call political thugger. It cannot be associated with the ANC because the ANC, in terms of the, it must hold the highest revolutionary values in society. So all the wrong things that are now being associated with the ANC, we got to clean it cleans the brand African National Congress emerging out of this conference. Thoroughly enjoying this discussion this morning, but of course uh, we have to open the lines 0891-104-208 and uh, Zizi, as he had indicated earlier, said he had been hijacked. Uh, we appreciate him stopping by uh, Ubri Machikli and Somatota Fikeni uh, remaining with us. Let's hear from KGM in Cape Town. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, uh, your guests and listeners. Look, for me, I think the chickens have come home to roost in this way. Not necessarily for the ANC, but for us as a people, for us as, as South Africa. Politics has never been, is not, and will never be a good system to, to, to actually meet our needs, our requirements that we desperately so need as a nation. If, if we think what is happening in the ANC, is, is only for ANC. Wait until we put the DA there. Wait until we put the, the EFF or any other party. In actual fact, before ANC came into, into power, there was another ANC like which they ended up getting married to, which was the National Party. So we, we, we are dealing with a system which gives us a systematic problem, but we keep on lying to ourselves, thinking that when we change the name of the system, calling them political parties, it's going to resolve anything. Lastly, unity that two of your, your, your guests, your panelists have alluded to, which is what Zizi has just said is important that they have. If the, the four of us, Zizi, yourself, Sikini, and, and Aubrey, if we decide we're going to be thieves and we go and steal and we decide what is going to keep this secret together is us not giving in to what we did. It doesn't matter who tries to break us from wherever. If we chose Aubrey as our leader, they can attack Aubrey all they want. We will make sure that Aubrey succeeds, and that's exactly what Zuma is to the ANC. That's exactly what politics is to South, to South Africa. I think we need to look at it from a national point of view as opposed to uh, a, a narrow way of saying it's politics. When Zizi says uh, ANC has to be a, a collective, they are forgetting that they collectively... When, when Mbeki said, I'm no longer just the president of the ANC, I'm the president of the country. ANC is no longer just about ANC, it's about the country. They had a problem with that. Today he comes and he says, ANC should not just be for the ANC or for the members, it should be, should be for the national board. Uh, it, it, okay. It's quite embolating. All right, thanks so much, KGM. Romeo in KZN, good morning. Good morning to you and to your guest. Good morning. Morning. Uh, Sadina, I just want to tell you about my experience. I'm not a political uh, analyst, but uh, I just observe things. Looking at what is happening within the ANC now, I see the politics of regionalism is beginning to grow within the organization. And that reminds me one of the years. When President Mugabe was uh, from Tanzania meeting, I don't know whether it was meeting of Sadaki, when he endorsed Amaim uh, Juru as to become the vice president, it was the issue of avoiding the Karanga people to take over as the vice president and the Zezuru people to take as the vice president. And that alone has destroyed the Zanpiaf as a result today. Mugabe is failing to identify, neither even to hand over the power to someone who can take over the country as far to whatever any level, to prosperity. Now, as much as I see within the organization of ANC, factionalism are beginning to grow.
How? I don't know. It must be known by the leadership that if they have to avoid this, those factionalism, if they can become disciplined members of the party, then they become the part of the people with the hearts of the people, with the respect of the people and the electorate. But as we see right now, it's not going to be like that because come 2019, it's likely to see ANC sharing a garment of coalition, neither from DA or neither from uh, EFF. That is what I see. Otherwise, from the explanation of what is Dr. Somafikan Madoda and uh, Aubrey Majiki, it's quite really true if they follow that. And if what is uh, uh, this Godwa is saying, that as a political organization, sometimes discipline needed to be followed. It's not about sometimes, it's not about compromise. Discipline is the key for any organization to grow and to get much more respect from the electorate. Okay, thanks, Thank Romeo. Romeo and KZN. Uh, let's speak to Peter and Grahamstown. Good morning. Peter? Okay, we'll come back to Peter. Let's try Enoch in Pulukwane. Good morning, Peter. Uh, Enoch? Uh, thank you very much. Uh, let us be practical about the whole situation and not be rhetorical. We know what are the, uh, the, the problems and the, uh, the sol- and the solution thereof. What uh, Somadoda said, that uh, the ANC uh, was good before it, it became government, it's it 120% correct. The problem with the ANC is they have got serious problems with managing state resources. So the starting point should be for them, if they continue outsourcing state functions, they must maximize their control. If they don't, then I don't see how they will be able to correct themselves. Otherwise, one would say, let, let, let they, they must stop out the tender system at a uh, local municipality level or even provincial level. And perhaps at national they can continue, but they must maximize their, the control thereof. Because all the party divisions and all this, people are just fighting for money. So I think that should be the starting point. I don't want to go uh, uh, to other things, but this is, forms the crux of the matter. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Enoch. Uh, let's just see, uh, finally, if Peter is uh, there. Peter? No. Okay, we don't have Peter, and uh, we are fast running out of time. So I'm going to ask our guests uh, maybe just to respond to that and also um, just wrap up this morning's discussion. Unfortunately, Sergio, we can't go on until 11, but we promise to return tomorrow morning. Uh, Prof? Well, I do think that the point raised by the other caller that it is also the society is a very important one. ANC is embedded within the society. And some of the values and the character that we see are a reflection of that. It becomes worse because when the mass democratic movement, UDF, was demobilized, youth demobilized in the early 90s, we virtually surrendered and outsourced a sense of self-reliance and civic activism, which we're trying to find now, and it is rather late because our belief and faith in political parties was quite, uh, you know, numbing in a sense. The second one, somewhere there is something I wanted to say about this regime change thing. I raised it before. You just do political science first year, 101. They tell you that regimes will always want to take advantage of any weak state, but the question is, why would ANC cut its arm in a shark tank through its misbehavior? And the last point I want to make, ANC's emphasis on discipline is ill-conceived in as far as this discipline is inconsistently applied. If you locate yourself within a strong affection, you are immune from anything that ANC might say. You just take refuge there and you become a fugitive from discipline. And that in itself, I think, has harmed the ANC. In this conference or in December, they must begin to think 
and position themselves and say one other scenario. How do we position ourselves as an opposition? Because that has already happened in the metros and so forth. And ANC has not done well because you join ANC to join a ruling party, not a losing party. And you can't therefore become a Sandinista. And some of them, it's a prospecting thing, more like a, a life insurance. I get in there to get something back. Would ANC survive as an opposition and rekindle itself like Sandinista? Aubrey? Well, let me say to KGM that I can assure him, if I'm appointed the leader of this country, the country will collapse. But let me remind the ANC of what is really at stake here. This policy conference is about how we should organize society. It's about how we should organize the economy. But also, there is not a single problem that the ANC has discussed so far that has not anticipated in the ANC during the liberation struggle. In, in other words, uh, the ANC or some in the ANC have always been aware that history is not linear that history is a repetition of follies and corrections. And therefore, with that appreciation in mind, the ANC has to accept that like any society, like any organization, it's not going to develop in a linear fashion. It will have periods of decline, such as is the case now, and golden periods. Whether it emerges out of a period of decline depends on the quality of uh, uh, decisions it makes during the period of uh, decline. But I think finally what needs to be said is that the ANC is not going to emerge out of this uh, policy conference united. That is a myth. It will emerge out of this conference with the chance, with the potential to unite beyond this conference. And whether this is a breakthrough, that is, whether the National Policy Conference is a breakthrough that gives to the ANC the chance to unite beyond the conference will depend on what it does between now and December and beyond. Well, that unfortunately is all we have time for this morning. And uh, Zizi Godwa talking about the ANC literally pulling itself up by the bootstraps and that, um, you know, the society needs the ANC. Well, the question now is, does it? And uh, of course, we'll be back again tomorrow and uh, we'll continue to unpack uh, some of the developments, some of the uh, policy positions. It is, of course, the National Policy Conference, uh, the fifth version of this by the African National Congress. But thanks to our guests, Somatota Fikene, Obri Machikli, the production teams both here at NASREC and back at base in Auckland Park. And of course, to you, our fantastic listeners, it is time for the nine o'clock news with Nomsa Amdluli.